Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Pop Culture Crisis. Episode 19, in fact. I am here today with my co-host. What is your name, young lady? Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. How you doing today? I'm great. What about you? I am. I'm. I'm glad that we're doing this. Like we're getting a good jump on it. I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. I've got kind of a good vibe going. Yeah. Um, in general, I tend to get anxious anytime we record. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's not like you can't like redo it if something goes wrong. Well, but I always get anxious. Well, it's because we used to film at five. That is true. Well, yeah, that was the worst part was filming later meant that you were just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Now we get to film earlier, so it's a lot uh, It's a lot more relaxing. It's a lot better vibe. Like, I have a better mm-hmm. uh, feeling going into it. So that's what I feel about today. You got mm-hmm. the same feeling? Yeah, and also, like, the house is less crowded. Yep, less but Brett, the, office, the office is less crowded. <laughs> well, I call it a house because it feels like our second home. The house, the office, it's it all... It feels our second home. That's yes. why I call it a house. But Brett did say he misses everybody. I, I didn't think I would, um, being the loner that I am, but like it's, it's, the, it's the holidays. I stayed behind and yeah, well, maybe not mi- miss everyone, but like I miss the hustle and the bustle. Like mm-hmm. too much time alone with your own thoughts is always a bad thing. Well, I invited both you and Chris yesterday to come hang out for Christmas, but they said no. I, I don't think I said no. I think I just, I was like, I'm just going to relax. And then No, like, you said nothing was open. And I was like, yes, they are. No, there wasn't. What was no? Yeah, it was. We could have gone and seen a movie. We're, oddly enough, we could have gone and seen a movie. I, I should have, I should, we should have done that. We can do it today too. We, we saw, we've seen a lot of movies lately. Mm-hmm. Go figure. It's what we do here. Um, yeah. Speaking of all that stuff, like we've got a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, post Christmas box office numbers. Yeah. We are going to talk about our view for uh, The Kingsman. The so much better. Yes, the prequel to The Kingsman. Uh, we're going to talk about the possibility of Matthew Vaughn being involved with uh, a new DC project. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about um, Tom Holland and Martin Scorsese beef. Okay, that, okay, not beef, but that just sounds funnier when you say that. When the idea of Tom Holland and, and like 80 gazillion year old Martin Scorsese having beef. Uh, we're going to talk about them and their different takes on superhero movies and mm-hmm. how they relate to a possible uh, Oscar push for Spider-Man. And then we, yes. And then we are going to talk about the 2022 movies we are each most excited about because Mm -hmm. we're coming up on the end of the year. We're looking forward and we're going to get into all that and and discuss the ones that we think uh, we are going to be the happiest seeing. So Mm -hmm. I think we got a lot to discuss today. Yep. What uh, I think we should start with box office. Like I, that's become like a thing now. Like we like I like talking about box offices for the mm-hmm. Monday show. So let's just go right into uh, to box office numbers. Yay! Um, this is uh, going to be a little bit different today because uh, we do uh, box office. I, I get a lot of these numbers from Box Office Pro, mm-hmm. and when they do their weekend breakdown, uh, they usually have like a graph and everything. They don't really have a graph here today. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just didn't want to because it's like the <laughs> it's Boxing Day. That's what they call this in the UK, right? 
right? Mm-hmm. The day after Christmas, Boxing Day. So they, they don't really have uh, any type of graph here, but it gives the numbers in general. And as expected, um, Spider-Man No Way Home is still absolutely crushing, and I mean crushing, mm-hmm. uh, all of the competition. So <laughs> in... Uh, in a three in a five day week, they made 138 million dollars, and in the three day week, 81.5 million dollars. So that would be uh, Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. So, um, in if I recall correctly, uh, it, it almost beat out what Black Widow made on its opening weekend, and I believe it did beat out what Shang Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi and mm-hmm. Eternals did mm-hmm. on their opening weekends, which I believe were in the... It might not have beaten Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi might have been in the, high, in the, in the 90s. But I believe it beat Eternals, which I think was 76 million in its mm-hmm. opening weekend. I'm going off the top of my head on these. <laughs> I, I should have uh, looked for, for You should have had the numbers I, up. I should have. Uh, but it, the point is, it's a juggernaut. And mm-hmm. the movie is... Uh, to call that not a drop-off is uh, an understatement. That's an insane amount of money uh, yeah, to, for sure. to still be making. And again, like I said, absolutely crushes the concept that... That uh, the pandemic is the reason people aren't going to see movies. No, people are just not going to see your movies because they don't want to go see your movies. If, yeah. if it's if it's good enough, people will absolutely come out for your film right now. Yeah, like when we went to Spider Man, it was almost a packed house. Mm-hmm. There was even um, more people at Kingsman than yeah. I thought, and that movie didn't even do that well this weekend. But it felt like maybe because we went to the the warehouse, the the cinema mm-hmm. with the where we should go to every movie with the reclining chairs, yeah, and the, and the food the that seats. and the food that everybody hates but me. Your fries were a little bit salty, but I, I love them. I don't care. I don't care. Your they, fries were salty, so basically, Chris, but, but myself, they, and Brett were sharing food. And I was not sharing food. You took some of my food. You took some of mine because I shared it with you guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but the but the fact of the matter is that Spider-Man destroyed the competition this weekend. Sing 2, which you actually asked me if I wanted to go see, and I was like, mm, I, I didn't really think of it, didn't really want to, mm-hmm. did $41 million, um, uh globally and $23.8 million at home, and that beats... The Matrix Resurrections, which everyone thought or a lot of people thought was going to be this big box office draw. And I was like, no, first of all, no way it's beating Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but it couldn't even beat Sing 2, which is what, a Disney? Is that a Pixar? No, it's not even those. So it's just a regular anime, <coughs> a 3D um, animated movie, right? Yeah, let me search up the animation studios. Um, um, I don't want to say Sony because they're not Sony. It's not Sony. Um, so it's, oh, right here. No, keep looking. I'll search it up. Just keep on reading. Sing 2. Okay. Uh, it says Universal Pictures. Sing 2? <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's... A, yeah, it's Universal. Universal's, okay. Um, but they're called Illumination Entertainment. Okay. A lot of people... There's been a lot of hype. I know Neon and Geeky have talked about Illumination before. Yeah, because, like, um, they're making a weird combat with, like, animations. Like, after Shrek. Is, oh, is that what they're known for? Yeah. Uh, they're known for sure. Okay, all right. Well, that makes perfect sense. Well, it's, they're more known for um, Despicable Me. Okay, so... The Minions. Minions? minions? Yeah. Okay, okay. And so. they're coming out with a new Minions movie that's coming out 2022. That is... Is that on your list that we're going to talk about later? It's not... Um, it was on the list that you sent me, but it's not on my list because I'm not really excited for it. I'm kind of done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it says right here that Sing 2... So we're going to start this article. We'll just read through some of it since we get... Uh, 
no like real numbers to we don't we have numbers but we don't have like a chart i love the chart Mm -hmm. Uh, amid the most crowded theatrical marketplace of new releases since the start of the pandemic sony marvel's record-breaking spider-man no way home predictably remains the top draw at the box office over the christmas weekend pulling in pulling in an estimated 81.5 million over the three days and 138.7 million over the five days in its sophomore sophomore frame i will also point out that i didn't pull up the article Mm -hmm. that makes this the first pandemic movie to make a billion dollars holy crap like i'm actually on a certain point like we were discussing recently like how many like videos we do on this movie like mm-hmm. it gets wearisome i'm sure for people yeah but chris just, was like i'm running out of thumbnails yeah he's like there's stop no, you guys he's like there's no thumbnails left i've used yeah. all the good thumbnails but it's like there's just a lot to talk about when mm-hmm. i and, and i'm ignoring like half the news like there's all sorts of news that come out about producers that want to you know we we haven't even talked about what they're going to do for movies four through six because there's all sorts mm-hmm. of rumors going in there but the fact of the matter is that the the box office proves that the movie is a juggernaut. Yep. Um, and it says the superhero blockbuster towered over all newcomers. The, though the Universal uh, sequel Sing 2 proved to be a popular alternative option for families, mixed results were in for the remainder of this weekend's crop of fresh releases, which included the long-awaited... I, I, I don't know how many people actually were waiting for a Matrix sequel. Um, uh, I, I don't know how much I buy that. I think they just <laughs> wrote it. They're like... Maybe people waited. And it said, well, they called it a long-awaited reboot, and it's not a reboot. Um, the Matrix Resurrections, action prequel, The King's Man, faith, faith-based uh, biopic, American biopic, uh, American underdog, and the mm-hmm. fact-based drama, A Journal for Jordan. Now, that felt like a shot to me when I read that, mm-hmm. calling the football movie faith-based and the, and the biopic and the other one fact-based. Mm-hmm. That could have just been how they framed it. Yeah, I, might just, I don't think I, so because we watched the trailer for it. I no, I'm just how they worded it here in, yeah. the, in this is calling one faith based because it is it's it's uh, it's got religious undertones to the movie, so I don't know if that was meant to be like a, a like a shot at, at religion. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, I could be reading too much into that, uh, but that was uh, the other yeah the fact based drama a journal for Jordan that was the Michael B Jordan one. Yeah, that, that, I was asking you what it was when we were going to. I've see. never I had I mean I had heard of it before, but I I I didn't really have any interest in see. I didn't even really see trailers for it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, United Artists expanded the art house hit uh, Licorice Pizza to 786 locations. And you mentioned that you uh, you had brought this up. Like this is a very that movie's got a very touchy subject matter. Too uh, touchy yes. subject matter. So I think that probably hurts. It's well, first of all, it's like it's considered probably more art. Yeah, art house. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to get as wide of release anyways, especially with f- a subject matter that's not exactly considered general audience friendly. But so many celebrities, because, like, even before, like, um, audience saw the movies, um, the movie for it, um, there was a bunch of celebrities who brought their kids to it. So I was like... Really? Yeah. I think it was... Young kids? Like... Teenagers. Okay. (laughs) Teenagers and then, like, preteens. You're going with your your kids. I guess I get it. Yeah, uh, but I don't think it was meant for kids. Probably not. (laughs) So hovering over the packed lineup was the rising threat posed by the Omicron variant, Mm -hmm. uh, eye roll, um, which has resulted in a major surge of COVID-19 affections across North America and will likely cause many to rethink their plans to hit the multiplex over the weekend. Uh, $138.5 million has entered the chat. I Mm -hmm. I disagree with that sentiment. Uh, Not to mention Christmas Eve fell on a Friday this year, which inevitably dampened turnout. I mean, Uh, doesn't Spider-Man kind of prove that the turnout wasn't dampened to make that much money? No, because it came out Thursday for us. 
Yeah, but they're talking about the three-day weekend the week after was oh. 81.5 million. So it still made another 81.5 million in its second weekend yeah. over a three-day period. The five-day period was almost 150 million. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy that Omicron variant is is like causing people to stay home. If they want to go see Spider-Man, they'll go see Spider-Man. Yeah, like how you said earlier, if people are excited to see your movie, they'll come. Yep, exactly. So it says, while falling short of the vaunted $100 million threshold, surpassed by only six films in domestic box office history, No Way Home's sophomore weekend is still impressive, particularly given the heightened state of the pandemic. So they're probably right in, mm-hmm. in that sense. Like, uh, if this had fallen at any other time when more theaters were open, not even if people are scared, but when more theaters were open, this would have easily cracked $100 million in mm-hmm. its second weekend. Yeah, it but would. it just proves that you have to work hard to make good movies. You can't just put out trash and expect people to show up when there's any type of resistance so yeah uh, matrix exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and we will not even get into that bag again because mm-hmm. that is uh oh boy i i still don't know how i necessarily feel <laughs> about that movie like i'm i'm a, i'm a more annoyed now because i went back and rewatched the original matrix mm-hmm. um over the weekend and the whole time i'm watching it i'm like why why did you have to go back and do this? Hollywood is running out of ideas. Just I'm still waiting for that Jubilee movie. I, I was promised Jubilee. What is that? It's uh, X-Men. Oh, She's the girl yeah. that, like, every yeah. time she touches um, any devices, it, like, sparks up. No Storm movie, no Jean Grey movie. No, no Jubilee. <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right. I want to see a punk rock little girl just making things spark spark that's that's what you want you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen uh uh marvel uh get your get Get your jubilee on get your uh get your um what do they they call the people that like do like crowdsourcing or the people who like look for trends and stuff you know what i'm talking about right Mm -hmm. get your get like your advertising department get your uh the people who help you predict what's going to be popular and uh make this woman her jubilee movie i know and then you can get a sponsorship from jubilee that restaurant perfect (laughs) i think jubilee is also a a grocery store chain but i could be wrong i I think there's jubilee at least where i'm from i think there's jubilees oh i never heard of it and i never heard of the jubilee restaurant until i went to hawaii and i was like what is this okay well there you go the 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 cross promotion could be incredible Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just have a bunch of jubilees go like jubilees because that x-men movie where you had jubilee for only five seconds i was so disappointed very sad (laughs) i was so sad and the actress that they chose i don't mind her i'm just dumb of her who was it do you know who she's the girl that plays um to all the boys i loved oh on netflix it's a dumb netflix movie there's three of them okay basically she writes like she writes letters to every boy that she fell in love with throughout her life and her sister is like oh let me just mail it (laughs) sounds like the opposite of what i would like yeah and like (laughs) finally one of them is like i'm in love of you and she's like i'm in love of you too and third movie they go to college but he's like i don't think i'm going to the same college and she's like no this is our perfect life i planned everything we're going to the same college i actually kind of like the old school storytelling of like uh high school sweethearts uh trying to make it work in college that kind of works but but yeah the only reason she went out with him because her older sister is like Dude, I'm going to college. Bye. Yeah. So he's like sloppy seconds. That's sad. Mm-hmm. 
So it says opening in second place was Sing 2, which took advantage of the family-friendly Christmas corridor and posted an estimated $23.6 million over the three-day weekend in $41 million since Wednesday, uh, opening to 3,892 locations. That's a good haul. Mm-hmm. Um, those numbers include $1.6 million from November sneak previews. Okay. Well, the three-day start is lower than the, fr- the first film in the series, which grossed $32.2 million over the same weekend in 2016. It bears repeating that Omicron concerns likely to press turnout amongst family <sighs> audiences given that many children still aren't fully vaccinated while children uh, under the age of five aren't yet eligible to receive the vaccine at all. So they should just not live their lives. Nobody should live their lives. <laughs> well, they can just do what that... You remember when we went to see the Kingsman? Mm-hmm. That family that had their baby carriers? They should just do that. Go like, <sighs> screw it. Let me just bring my infant into a movie theater. They should get soundproof baby carriers so that if they start crying, you can't hear them. But what if your baby... I know. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm like, that's not a good idea. Maybe like, oh, oh maybe they have headphones that can hear it. Uh, but mm-hmm. outside the theater, anybody without headphones can't hear it. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. That would be cool. But then like, it would be annoying because then they have to carry the whole baby carrier and they're blocking the screen and you're like, excuse me. I'm mm-hmm. trying to see the movie. Sit in the back. <laughs> then they, we sat too close to that was the other problem. That was the problem, but I still th- thought it was okay. No, it was a great movie. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. We're going to talk about it. So, uh, so it says The Matrix Resurrections debuted in third place with an estimated $12 million over the three-day weekend and twenty two point five over the five-day weekend mm-hmm. from 3,552 locations. So that didn't even open up to as many locations mm-hmm. as Sing 2 did. That's surprising. Because uh, it's targeted towards kids, so they want to get that money uh that's the lowest three-day opening for an installment in the long dormant franchise by far though the course of the film's day and date opening on hbo max among other factors made all made that all but inevitable outcome that is true uh the fact that we were able to just watch it on hbo max clearly plays a large role in why uh this movie did so bad Mm -hmm. at the box office on top of the fact that it just wasn't that good of a movie I wish the article like included HBO Max. Do we have the? the no, that's the one of the hardest parts about streaming about the streaming era is like these companies aren't required to give you numbers. So like when Netflix mm-hmm. says this is our most popular movie of all time, you kind of just have to take mm-hmm. their word for it. There's a a site uh, we talked about one day that does like that has found a way to do general tracking. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. It's not kayak it's a but it's it's like a site that can kayak is for travel i know i know i know (laughs) but it's uh but there's a site that can do general tracking for Mm -hmm. for netflix and stuff but who knows how accurate something like that is um i don't know because like when falcon and winter soldier came out that episode that i told you where they had the police moment Mm -hmm. um they said that was the reported um least watch episode because everybody was watching it it and turned it off midway yep I remember I that. I did that. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, I did that. I was so angry, and I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. Yep. I don't need this. I'm guessing that the uh, that the viewers dropped after that in it general. Did. So it says, uh, the overall cinema score for Resurrections was a B-, mm-hmm. while the under-25 uh, segment of the audience, which comprised just 18% of the opening weekend, gave it a B. Meanwhile, men made up the majority of the audience at 61%. I like these numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I like when they can get uh, this... Uh, the specific about demographics. So mm-hmm. it says internationally, Resurrections grossed an estimated 35 million from 75 markets, bringing its total to a gross of 47.3 million. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Global tally. So the global tally is 69.8 million. That's just for a movie that likely cost as much as it did, uh, well over 100 million dollars. That's 
not very good. Yeah. And uh, so then here we go down to fourth place, and this is as far as we'll go on, on this stuff. It says, uh, landing in fourth place was Disney's uh, was the Disney released 20th Century Studios titled The King's Man, a prequel to the popular Kingsman action series, which debuted exclusively in theaters with an estimated 6.5 million over three days and 10 million over five days in, in 3,180 screens. That is so sad. Mm-hmm. For a movie that was, by all intent, for all intents and purposes, pretty good yeah it not was. not perfect but good so to see numbers like that that bums me out mm-hmm. uh and it says the film came in well below previous in- entries in the kingsman franchise uh, uh the secret service and then golden circle which yeah. grossed an estimated 36.2 and 39 million respectively over their opening day frames that's actually low yeah i would have thought those movies did better than that um that's really low especially I, I don't know what the budget is on that movie but uh in fact we can look right now because i'm just curious as to and we're going to come back to this when we do the review i think it's because like a lot of people weren't excited like they were over the spy phase well that's stupid because i love spy movies. in fact that's the funniest part about everything that it doesn't list uh the budget here I, i'm always so used to looking at uh imdb on the mm-hmm. app rather than on the website I prefer the website more. Oh, not me. Um, but yeah, so I don't see a budget here. Um, I'm sure if somebody if somebody knows knows that they can put it in the comment section if they actually read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, you know, movies like this aren't made on shoestring budgets. They're usually pretty expensive. Uh, so to see a movie like that not even make what tw- under twenty million dollars uh, in its opening weekend, that's really sad and could potentially affect the fact you know the opportunity of it getting. Uh, another movie after that, uh, mm-hmm. even though this is vague, vague, you know, vastly different because it's a uh, prequel, not a yeah, not a sequel. But the so Golden Circle, uh, when I went to Japan, they made a cocktail for it, and I r- really enjoyed it. For, oh, for Kingsman? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like their cocktail. So I don't know if people like um, been to this bar, mm-hmm. but it's called um, August of Wales, mm-hmm. and basically uh, the drink. It's just, I think it was gin or like whiskey, and around it was just apples cut into a circle. And that was called the Kingsman. It was called the Kingsman Golden Circle because the whole theme about this bar, they make drinks based on movies. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I wish like the US had it. I think they do, but this is like a a franchise throughout Japan. And well, like you can find it in certain places, but. Basically, all their drinks and cocktails. They even have mocktails too. If mm-hmm. you're you're not a drinker, but mocktails. That's clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, basically, they're all based on movies. I had the stupid. Um, I had my neighbor uh, Totoro, and it was like a sweet drink, and I loved it. What was in it? Do you know? Uh, I think it was like a blueberry liqueur, and then ice cream blueberries and then like something else that was sweet anything that's sweet i generally like more was that you that was at like uh, when we were at like the christmas party that was like uh, i was today years old when i found out that liquor and liqueur are different things no that's nick that was nick yeah <laughs> i knew the difference and i'm like honey really very different very different like, yeah it's so very that different. drink was called the kingsman yeah. Or the golden, the golden Circle. Okay. The Golden Circle. They even had the Boondocks. Well, that's uh, a good lead-in then uh, for various drinks. Then we can just talk about 
the Kingsman, the prequel. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. I am so, excited if they ever make like this movie drink. It's uh, it's uh, this one uh, for oh for the Kingsman. Yeah, this uh, they could do that. Uh, this one I'm not even going to pull up an article because let's just talk about what we felt about the movie. Um, especially for a movie that didn't uh, do as well as I thought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I don't really know what I thought it would do, but uh, not numbers that low yeah chris like legit he was like that movie is so much better than matrix oh, yeah. i told you so much better than mm-hmm. the matrix but if you look at it here the the critic score is 43 percent that's really really low and the Ooh. audience score 76 percent which is just generally what like a c wait wait was there advertisements for this I saw a few banners on IMDb and a few banners on other sites, but I'm like looking for this stuff all day long. So mm-hmm. likely I only saw that because I'm looking on sites where these things are heavily advertised, right? I remember I saw like a clip of the Mad Priest Resputin, right? Resputin. Resputin. Yep. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that. But other than that, I don't remember seeing any other advertisement yeah. for this. So uh, this movie, uh, it stars... Um, uh, Ralph Phineas uh, yes. as Orlando Oxford and uh, Gemma Arderton. Arderton? I never know how to pronounce her last name. As Polly, uh, and then uh, Harris Dickinson as Conrad Oxford. That's uh, Orlando Oxford's son. That's mm-hmm. the son. Uh, and then Jamon <gasps> Jamon uh, Hansu as Shola. And then uh, uh, there's a lot of other actors in there that I didn't like. I knew by face, but not necessarily by name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Bruhl played a, a main character for on the bad guy side. That's the guy who played Zemo mm-hmm. in um, Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> the, I know he he was very good in that movie. Have um, you? There's a scene from Falcon and the Winter Soldier where he's dancing in the club. Oh yeah, he's in there, huh? I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, he's dancing in the club, and that became a meme because he's just dancing like this. And then <laughs> he's a great actor. He is. He's a great actor, especially given that that character, um, his character in that in that movie, um, he didn't have superpowers. But uh, we're get, well, we don't want to get too far. He off topic. knows how to get into your head. He can get in your head. And then here's the other one that I was actually really surprised about. We were coming home from the movie, mm-hmm. and we were discussing all the scenes with Rasputin, yeah, uh, the Mad Monk. Uh, and it's is that what they call him? The Mad Monk? It's based, yes. No, it's based on a, re- a real person. I knew that, but I had no idea that Rice I fans played him. Now Rice I fans was in. Um, we were just at what was the other movie we saw recently? Not Matrix, but uh, he was in Spider Man. He's uh, yeah. yeah, he's uh, Connors, right? Uh, Lizard. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so he's uh, in. I, I always remember him from. Uh, he played Mo- uh, Mycroft Holmes on the show Elementary. Mm-hmm. But he looked. I could not believe that that was the same person. Like that's that's like makeup and uh, and hair on the level of what they're doing with Con- Colin Farrell mm-hmm. I- as the Penguin in the upcoming Batman movie. I had no idea it was the same person. Also, acting skills. Yeah, uh, totally nuts. Now this movie is basically the story of how the Kingsmen come to be an organization organization right mm-hmm. uh i will say that i was fond of the first kingsman mm-hmm. i don't know if i ever finished golden circle which is weird because this is totally my genre if you look mm-hmm. at all the movies that i have picked for 2022 almost all of them fall in the spy thriller category mm-hmm. um but what i do recall is that this is very it, it's not very much like the original kingsman mm-hmm. um less gadgets i mean it, it makes sense right yeah because they're they're forming the organization so it wouldn't be a fully fledged out idea so it should feel different
different, right? Mm -hmm. But one critique of this movie that I agree with 110% is tonally, Mm -hmm. this movie is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, It can't decide whether it wants to be a comedy, like the scenes with um, Rasputin and uh, Oxford Mm -hmm. uh, in Orlando in the, you know, he's doing the weird leg thing that's got like these weird undertones to it. It's really creepy. Um, and, but then you also have this great story of a, of a, of a father trying to protect a son who is desperate to serve his country mm-hmm. and prove himself. And there's a lot that could be done there. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty beautiful story. I like if you, that storyline more. Yeah. Like that story to me was beautifully handled when it was on screen, mm-hmm. but then the rest of the tone of the movie felt really far and wide all over the place. So it was hard to hold on to the emotional resonance of those scenes mm-hmm. when everything else feels all over the place. The term dramedy mm-hmm. is used, uh, you know, when it's a drama thank you for that Mm -hmm. that has um the undertones of comedy in it right Mm -hmm. but that's usually uh very very subtle comedy that bolsters the drama in Mm -hmm. certain places right whereas this the comedy is ridiculous and over the top and takes away from the dramatic elements and it falls somewhere in this weird middle ground that Mm -hmm. doesn't really fit neither here nor there um did you get the same feeling did you did the tone bother you i didn't notice the tone until you pointed it out because like i didn't really care for the mad monk i was like more um in tune with the father-son storyline that story was great yeah like i was so upset that his son comrade died yeah well we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it so basically um there is this the, the one scene of the movie that I knew that I was going to like more than anything as it was going on was they're basically uh, the son mm-hmm. um, pulls a fast one because his dad uh, even after he he enlists in the army mm-hmm. and his dad is very worried about him yeah. he, his dad finds a way that uh, the because he's a, a child of wealth yeah um, that his dad's going to find a way to keep him from being able to. Um, serve serve in yeah. a dangerous location, right? It's like mm-hmm. we'll make sure he's assigned to to some type of detail back at home, right? Only kitchen, kitchen detail or something. Mm-hmm. And the son switches places with another military. Uh, another no, 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 that's a different. So basically, his dad did it twice: the kitchen one, and then the second one was where he got excused by the Majesty, like the king said, "Here, um, you're." You're going back home early, and that's where. Yeah, but he not switches. home. But he was going home for like a post at home, and he switches with that guy. No, they said he was on leave. Oh, okay. I missed. I didn't hear the leave part. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and basically, he switches with that guy. Yeah. And so he gets sent right where he wants to go, which mm-hmm. is into the front lines, meaning yeah. that he is in the tr- li- the literal war, the trenches. Yeah. Um and. There is this incredible scene where a soldier who's coming back with... Um, How he's still alive. Yes. There's this incredible <laughs> scene where there's a, a spy for, for Britain is coming back, or for England, is coming back with um, information that they need, mm-hmm. and he gets hit with a mortar, and uh, they send out... Uh, like They ask... They need six volunteers to go out mm-hmm. and try to get the information that was on him, mm-hmm. and he's the, the, the son... Conrad was the only one to volunteer and everybody else had to be picked by their commander Mm -hmm. and basically it becomes that all of those members who who didn't volunteer end up dying and then the son gets uh, gets to the body what they think is the body of Mm -hmm. that spy of theirs and the guy's still alive yeah 
no like what made me sad because this is where he realized that he wasn't fit for a war when he knocked off um one of the germans um gas mask yep and it's a young kid and he's like please don't kill me please please yep, the kid's pleading with him yeah and like he saw comrade saw his comrades conrad not com his name is not comrade his name is not comrade his name is conrad i know i caught myself with yes. that um, but he saw his um he saw his fellow soldier men get killed yep. and like he's he, he's like bleeding out of his mouth while getting stabbed and, and he, he finally understands what his dad has been saying this whole yeah, time and he apologized to the kid he's like i'm so sorry and he like slices the kid's throat yep. and then he stabs the other people and mind you, this is in the middle of a movie where the tone is all over the place. There's yeah. comedy, there's drama, and then all of a sudden there's this really not, it's not played horrifying. They, I, I feel like it, with different color it palette could. and different music, this could have been played as utterly horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying in a very Hollywood way. But it still gets the point across, right? It shows you the horrors of war. Mm-hmm. And as he's coming back, he gets the, he gets to the guy that they need to get to to get the to get the information of, off of, and find out the guy is still alive. Sounds yeah. a leg, mm-hmm. and he carries this dude <laughs> through through a literal war zone mm-hmm. through the trenches all the way back. Um, until he got shot. Until he, they. Until then, somebody finds out that he's not who he says he is because he had to remember he had to lie. Yeah. To get uh, sent to the front lines, and one of his own countrymen doesn't question, just automatically assumes he's a German spy and shoots him in the head. Well, because he was holding something that was l- related to the yeah. Germans, he and looked he, at the symbol and he's like, "You German." No, and, and, he, and he knew and the uh, that guy knew that he wasn't who he said he was because he said he knew the guy that he was pretending to be. And also, his Scottish accent was that yeah. great. He was so, like is that the best scottish accent you have so the point is that he we watch him mm-hmm. we're like clenching like get back he has to get back he has to get back safe as he's carrying this dude across mm-hmm. bombs are going off all around him yeah. he makes it back yeah. and then all only to then two seconds later have the rug pulled out from under you and you get shot in the head if the whole movie that. if the whole movie had mm-hmm. been in the tone of that mm-hmm. obviously not that intense but had kept that tone through the whole movie mm-hmm. it would have been incredible but it really wouldn't have been a kingsman movie Mm -hmm. so it's weird because this movie really rests on the on ralph phineas's ability as an actor Mm -hmm. to be both humorous when he needs to be and dramatic when he needs to be like when he's uh mourning his son's death it feels out of place but it could have been far worse if it wasn't as talented of an actor yeah uh playing that role felt like his pain because he's reading it he was like oh my son is gonna come back and then he reads to the end and he's like Oh my God! So, so the so it really does this. If this movie fails without Ralph Phineas um, yeah. being able to really carry those those uh, disparate tones, which I don't think really work, but work a little bit more than they would normally mm-hmm. in the hands of such a talented lead actor. Yeah. Um, I will say that I was very worried about this movie at the beginning because I heard the term privilege mm-hmm. and concentration camps shoved into the first like two minutes of the movie mm-hmm. uh and when i hear modern day i mean when i when i hear the terms like privilege uh which whatever you want to think about it fine but in a period piece mm-hmm. um from this era hearing them use modern day linguistics yeah. is automatically a, a turnoff to me because it yeah. it's you can feel the writer writing the scene mm-hmm. so uh, i have no opinion one way or the other on the politics of it my point is that when you can feel a writer it's almost as if if they if because the rest of the movie didn't really feel like it had this had this tone right mm-hmm. but 
you can almost feel it was either like a, pr- a note from a producer or from the studio to include something like that. Yeah. If Vaughn didn't write that line, then it was something like, we need to include something like this because it's topical. And on a period piece for a prequel, that doesn't really work for me. Yeah. So I was very worried early on that this movie was going to have heavy, heavy uh, p- uh, political undertones to it. Mm-hmm. And it really did manage to avoid that for the most part. Yeah, for sure. Um, like the mom said it, the dad said it. And then I... It fit their characters mm-hmm. because because they are like the dad's a pacifist mm-hmm. they're uh, they're a family of wealth and privilege yeah. but it's using those words it's the way she said it to the son that felt very it felt, uh, it felt very forced and topical mm-hmm. to 2021 yeah. not to world war one yeah so um uh, i do think that it avoided more problems by mm-hmm. doing that though uh, ironically i think that if it had more of it i think the uh, the tomato meter would be higher on the critics side given mm-hmm. how we know critics uh, take movies like that mm-hmm. but i will i would like to commend them for manning managing to avoid that um you didn't like the mad monk scene i know a lot of people like i was reading the reviews felt like that scene was really out of out of place in yeah the rest of the i movie. didn't like it and i also didn't like the maid malt um polly i mean polly like she was like your push feminist yep. character um, because she's like boys are messy and she just shot respitin in the forehead she had to come and save them I, mm-hmm. it didn't bother me like uh, trust me you know me like mm-hmm. when when this stuff when this stuff is noticeable it mm-hmm. bothers me maybe it's because i like jim arderton as an actress mm-hmm. maybe it's because uh it wasn't overly like it, she wasn't saving everyone every five minutes and it wasn't mm-hmm. unrealistic it's not like she got into a fist fight res- with rasputin and beat him up after everyone else lost mm-hmm. But, you know, and then she holds that same level of skill throughout the movie without it feeling over the top. Meaning, like, mm-hmm. when they get in their final bat, when they track down the camp where uh, the villain is at the yeah. end, she plays her role mm-hmm. in helping, but she doesn't do all the work. Yeah, but you cringe in the beginning part where, like, Ralph, um, Ralph's character, Orlando, pulls her. Um, pulls her in and she's like you didn't even get me a drink you cringed at that I did uh, I did um, but the, at that point they hadn't revealed the fact that she and him were working together mm-hmm. outside of the outside of just being a maid and mm-hmm. uh, or maid and and master or whatever you would say for that term we can't say master anymore. yes you can't say master anymore so it, it didn't bother as me bother me as much once I saw that they had a working relationship outside of that portion mm-hmm. of it uh I, I she do. fell in love with him. Like there that was, was the twist. There was that weird scene where they're like gonna hug and mm-hmm. like they don't hug. Uh, that was master. Like Ralph Phineas is really good at those awkward scenes. Mm-hmm. He does like he's like weird dad awkward, uh, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And then oh, that's the other thing. One more thing. Uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime uh, Orlando Ralph Phineas's character does any type of physical exertion, mm-hmm. all you will ever hear is Voldemort saying it's it's the voice he would do in all the harry potter movies when he cast a spell it was like a huge joke in the trailers yeah like he makes this sound (laughs) and you hear it in every action scene when he's doing this and all i can see is voldemort trying to cast avada kedavra on on on, uh people trying to win world war one so that was uh that was funny I don't know. In I, general, you liked it, though. I do like it. Like, if they got rid of those parts, I think I will like it more. Because, yeah. like, for me, I don't really like feminist parts that are forced down. Everybody. Forced fem, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I like her character. Yep. Don't get me wrong. She's, I like her. But I just don't like it when it's forced down my throat. She got done uh, She got done real dirty in her James Bond role. She got, like, 
five minutes of screen time. That always bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they killed her in an oil bath. <laughs> a motor oil bath. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Fantastic actress. Okay, so we've seen, in the last week, we've seen three big movies. We've mm-hmm. seen Spider-Man No Way Home. We've seen The Matrix Resurrections. Mm-hmm. And we saw The Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, rate them for me. Um, Spider-Man number one. Kingsman and then Matrix. Yeah, I, I think that goes without saying for, mm-hmm. for both of us. So yeah, uh, yeah I would recommend guys, um, if you're looking for a break from superhero movies, which I am really, like all my movies that I picked out for our 2022 list <laughs> are, are non-superhero movies because we're going to go see the superhero movies anyways, right? We're going to mm-hmm. go see anything comic book related. I'm kind of desperate and hungry for stuff that isn't uh, comic book Let's in, in watch origin. Sing 2. So... I'm not that I'm not that desperate. So if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for a break from the typical comic book movie or animated film, uh, I do recommend going and seeing The King's Man. Uh, tonally, it is a little bit all over the place, mm-hmm. but I do think in general, uh, it's an inoffensive good time at the movies. Yeah, like it's really good. Like that plot twist where like the son dies, that was good. Yep. But then the villain, it was kind of predictable. Like. Chris was like, I knew it. Yeah. Like, he said that right next to me, and I was like, okay, Chris. You knew that the bad guy had to be someone we'd seen before because they kept his face in shadow the whole time. But he was in two different places. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that until they did a flashback, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. big yep. brain moment. Big brain moment. So uh, one thing about it is that the director of Kingsman, the Kingsman and the other Kingsman movies, uh, yeah. Matthew Vaughn, he is in talks now, or at least there's rumors going around that he could be coming on to do the next uh, a possibility, the possibility of a new Superman movie, uh, Henry Ca- uh, Henry Cavill Superman movie. Uh, we're talking um, Man of Steel uh, mm-hmm. from 2014. So it's uh, this article is from Cinema Blend, and it says the King's Man. Uh, the King's Man's Man's man, man they had to make that hard to say huh yep. The King's Man's Matthew Vaughn shares candid thoughts on the direction of the DC Extended Universe after Man of Steel The Kingsman director thinks the DCEU made an early mistake Over the last eight years the DC Extended Universe has inspired quite a lot of divisive opinions The franchise was controversial from the get-go with Zack uh, with Zack Snyder's Man of Steel ending with Henry Cavill Superman snapping the neck of Michael Shannon's Zod, and the discourse hasn't has hasn't only heightened since then. And the discourse hasn't only heightened since then. I think they mean the discourse has only heightened since then. This includes not only conversations amongst fans, but also filmmakers like veteran comic book movie director Matthew Vaughn. Uh, the I, I refer to Kingsman as like not a comic book movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's, 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 it's more what I mean. It's not a superhero movie. So it says, uh, there have been chatter for years about Matthew Vaughn possibly directing the next Superman movie. And in addition to noting uh, his continued interest in doing, uh, in doing that during a recent interview with The Wrap, he also shared some candid opinions about uh, what the DC Extended Universe did with the superhero in the aftermath of Man of Steel. Specifically, he doesn't love uh, that the next move for the character on the big screen was to have him cross paths with Batman and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Mm -hmm. in the interview Matthew Vaughn talks about his previously uh, having previously been quote desperate to make his own version of Superman for the big screen putting an emphasis on the idea that it would be a colorful fun Superman not a dark tone it was uh, it was this uh, line of thought that seemingly led him to discuss the path of uh, that was taken by Zack Snyder in the construction of the DC Extended Universe. He said uh, said Vaughn of Batman vs Superman quote I just thought it was a mistake putting the Batman vibe into the Superman world. I just uh, I just think they're too separate. They're not relatable in any way in my mind. I ju- it should be fun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he's kind of right. Uh, it made more sense to do so in Batman vs Superman because the tone was already off in mm-hmm. Man of Steel, meaning that it didn't feel like a Superman movie in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I think the main logic behind this was that Marvel had cemented itself as the quirky, fun brand, and uh, DC, though very, very uh, hard up for ever being consistent in uh, in their planning, having changed directions a thousand times. And yeah, they wanted to be broody and then gloomy. It was about the only th- yeah. It was about the only thing they did keep tonally consistent was the was the broody, gloomy nature of it. Whereas everything else, you know, every two days they would announce a new project and then it wouldn't come to fruition. Yeah. Or this was going to happen and this was going to happen. And then, like the Flash movie had been announced like nine times. Like they're like, it's going to be out in 2016. It's going to be out in 2018. It's going to be out in 20. It's finally coming out in like 2022. And they're and they I'm not fit. excited for that. Yeah, it's like they've like almost waited too long for it. So he's kind of right. Like uh, Superman movie, like I, I don't know if fun should be the word, mm-hmm. but light or lighter and... Um, less uh less serious mm-hmm. not fun necessarily but less serious yeah uh, may- maybe that's a in uh, a poor description of what i'm trying to explain or what i'm trying to convey but it says obviously batman and superman have physically long exist long existed in the same world as they first teamed up in the world's finest comics 71 back in 1954 but specific and opposing tones uh, to that in the dc uh that the DC Extended Universe never let develop independently and then putting them together in the second film of the franchise caused the vibes to clash. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. the you should have tonally had a very uh, separate Superman movie and then tonally a very separate Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Then you find a way to meld them into one movie farther down the line. Mm-hmm. But that's a very tall order um, for such iconic characters. Yeah. Neither is... Uh, fans of either character aren't going to want to give up what their character represents on screen um, unless it's done very, very well. So, like, a Batman fan isn't going to want a quirky uh, Batman and Superman movie lest we end up like a Joel Schumacher Batman movie. And mm-hmm. Superman fans aren't going to want a dark and broody Superman movie otherwise lest we turn out like a like a Zack Snyder Superman, uh, Superman movie. So, yeah. it is kind of all over the place. But, like we were saying, Matthew Vaughn it was directing a movie that was totally both comedic and serious in places. So maybe he would have been a good, uh, a he good would person. Have. I, I wish he did. I mean, maybe less like slapstick. I, I don't even know how to describe that scene with Rasputin or the humor mm-hmm. in, in the other, the, uh, the, the other uh, Kingsman movies definitely are known for like ultra violence. Yeah. Um, so that works uh, in Batman. I don't know how much that necessarily works in Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as far as the, the comedic elements, maybe if it's like a more family friendly version of like the Kingsman humor, um, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. uh, less, uh, uh, I, I don't know if gratuitous isn't the word for it, but more uh, general humor um, and light. Um, okay, I see what you mean. And keep the tone, try to keep the tone consistent. Mm-hmm. So not anything animatic. Not yeah, not overly animated. Not mm-hmm. see that's the problem. Like uh, my issue, like is like when I when I watch DC movies, I don't care as much about the cosmic elements as you know i'm not the biggest green lantern fan mm-hmm. i'm not the biggest uh i don't like much of anything from cosmic you know cosmic storytelling because there just never feels like stakes to me um especially in like in comics it's different in long form storytelling mm-hmm. but in movies it's very different what's the joke they always say like all these movies end the same way it always ends with a sky beam yeah some type of sky beam is or being shot portal. into this yeah and so they have to save the day from a sky beam yeah. they, they always have to save the day from a freaking sky beam I, I i get sick of it after a while so the 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 tonally uh more earthbound storytelling is better for me but that's hard to do with superman mm-hmm. 
So it's very, very difficult to, in, in film form, I should say. Like, mm. it's, it's hard to do because he's so OP that, mm-hmm. you know, you uh, so let me guess. They're going to kidnap Martha. Let me guess. They're going to kidnap Lois. Let me guess. They're going to hold people hostage. You're going to use his humanity against him. Like, uh, it's totally very difficult. They kill his dog. They, they, they John Wick. They turn <laughs> super, super Wick. That would be amazing. Super Wick. I want to see, see that movie. That's oh, that'd be cute because then the costume would just be a candle. <laughs> Have you seen that meme of like Thanos doing the snap and then Don, mm-hmm. John Wick's dog starts to, to fade away? To fade away. Yeah. And Thanos is like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, that, that's the, if we can't have Marvel versus Capcom, I want Thanos versus John Wick. That's what I want. I want him to verse every person. Like, I want him to verse like Liam Neeson, uh, yep. Jason Bourne, yep. John Wick. Let's do it. John Tom Wick Cruise. Just, John, oh yeah, that's he's on my list for movies this year too. But uh, mm-hmm. a whole movie of Thanos like uh, trying to get the Infinity Stones and all his henchmen just get headshots from John Wick would be inc- <laughs> incredible. Um, so it says uh, Matthew Vaughn just recently had an opportunity to work with the Man of Steel star Henry Cavill on the upcoming spy thriller, spy thriller Argyle. I don't know what that is, but now I'm excited. Ooh. Uh, but he also admitted to the trade that to the trade that he uh, that his favorite version of Superman on the big screen excuse me, is the one played by Christopher Reeves in Richard Donner's classic Superman, the movie. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's more, he notes that the oddness that the spirit of the 1978 film is present in the DCEU, but it's Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman rather than any of the other titles featuring the last son of Krypton, said the filmmaker. Quote, I mean, look, The Dark Knight was obviously different and it made sense and it was brilliant as a film and as a comic, but Superman was always, I love that Richard Donner Superman movie and I think Wonder Woman worked because I think Wonder Woman was basically remade making Donner's Superman in a weird way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Superman. What's funny is that uh, Zack Snyder was a big part of the original Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Patty Jenkins directed it, but uh, Zack Snyder had a large portion of the script, I believe. Mm-hmm. So Snyder can do it. Um, and what they did with that movie is that it was like, a, that's a classic, what's it, fish out of water story. Yeah. Oh, look, I don't understand these weird human f- things. Like, what do you mean women are secretaries? And... Uh, the scene mm-hmm. now, yeah you know you've, you've seen Wonder Woman yeah. uh, that's uh, that's one of those things like, that's a very very classic and simple story to tell uh, alongside some good action set pieces that first Wonder Woman movie is fantastic mm-hmm. not to mention my favorite theme song out of all the superhero Dun-dun. Like, I think you just did uh, something else completely different no that's what they do I know but I, I was thinking of something else uh, <laughs> uh, no I'm not singing Door that okay, um, that's the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was awful. It was. It was awful. Uh, I, no, and that's not a comment on Patty Jenkins as a director entirely. Like monster, fantastic. She can clearly direct, but she was like, uh, she was writer and director on that one. And I think what's it's like George Lucas syndrome. Like what happens yeah. when nobody will tell you no? Mm-hmm. Like maybe we don't need to have Wonder Woman be weird, rapey with uh. With um, a random guy with, that with looks like guy her. That, that looks like your your ex boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Little creepy. Like there should have been a producer, uh, a line, an editor. On, we need a somebody second. like Gal Gadot. It's like is this kind of weird, Patty. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Come on, we need a second knock knock. <laughs> oh God, no. 
Yeah, get Keanu for that one too. Um, okay, we're getting off topic again. <laughs> As of right now, we don't know the what the future actually holds for Henry Cavill Superman. We sh- we need another one, mm-hmm. and it's unclear if he will ever get the opportunity to star in a brighter, more hope-filled solo film like the one that Matthew Vaughn describes. Mm-hmm. The project that seems to have the most steam right now is a film being developed by writer Ta-Nehisi Coates and producer J.J. Abrams, a project that will reportedly feature a black actor in the lead role. We haven't heard about developments for a few months now, but we can keep track up and so yeah i i thought this article was a little bit more about like him actually possibly getting called in to do that mm-hmm. i think he could do it i think he could do it and i think he could do it pretty well uh, he probably wouldn't be my first director mm-hmm. choice for a superman movie i would probably pick colin trevorrow mm-hmm. or uh, honestly it would be cool to for dc to snipe uh snipe. The, to snipe the Russo brothers mm-hmm. and get them to do a superhero, uh, get them to because they did Captain America. Mm-hmm. So to see them come in and then take get their take on Superman, mm-hmm. I think that would be very cool. That would, you know, what would be funny what? if they got Tarantino to do it. Uh, Batman, maybe, maybe <laughs> they can get him to do Batman, but I don't think they need Tarantino doing it. I don't. Uh, of course, look at, this come on, is, you don't want to see close ups of feet. This is the face of a, of the person who wants to see a, a Quentin Tarantino version of Superman. Yeah, because he made people have foot fetishes everywhere. <sighs> so nice to have to be back recording with you, Miracle. Mm-hmm. You miss me even though I invited you for Christmas. What? I invited two people. Actually, three. I invited three people to hang out with me for Christmas. You, Chris, and Jessica. Well, I didn't ask Chris, but I wanted you to rap in Chris because like you and Chris right now are like two for one. Thank <laughs> you for that. I don't know what that means, but that's a little Because weird. you both are in the same house. That is true. We were the only ones in the office, so... Um, yeah, I, I say uh, do the movie. Don't mm-hmm. do it with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> do it with the Russo brothers, and we'll go from there. But come on, do you want to see Tarantino like film Superman, maybe Spider Man with those boots? <laughs> <laughs> Lois Lane. Yeah, uh, I don't need it. I don't. I, I what don't. about Spider Man? I bet you Tom Holland has nice feet. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. I woke up a little bit too early. A little bit too early today. Um, I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to slide right on over to the next topic. Tom we're, Holland, yeah. We're, we're going to talk Tom Holland um, because this was coming up uh, with some other news. There's two articles here. So this is one's one, my, my favorite topic of Tom Holland having beef with Martin Scorsese because just saying that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of Martin Scorsese having beef is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also uh, an article about uh, the push for Spider-Man to get uh, an Oscar nom. Mm-hmm. So this article is from the Daily Mail and it says, it's all the same, just one's on a different scale. Tom Holland slams director Martin Scorsese. <laughs> uh, S- claims Marvel movies aren't cinema, who claims Marvel movies aren't cinema as he insists they are real art. So Tom Holland is very sad. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland wants his movies to be seen as art and there is, and it is art. Yeah. Uh, I, I do feel <laughs> bad for guys like Scorsese in these situations because what it is is these movies um, back in the day his his movies had to gain their following 
on his talent and yeah. his skill. The comic book movies are gaining their notoriety on past uh, skill from comic book writers yeah. who are often underpaid and underappreciated. Yep. But, you know, that's uh, less... Uh, the Maybe he feels like the, the, the hype around a Scorsese movie is more earned mm-hmm. than that of the hype around a superhero movie. Yeah. And maybe he's not just talking about the fact that they do feel like you're basically on a roller coaster going from one large action CGI mess to the next yeah um but holland of course you know he loves this character he's mm-hmm. been making these movies for a while now he's clearly going to be uh defensive uh, yeah. of something that's been so influ- or so important to his rise to faint mm-hmm. rise uh, rise in the industry right so yeah. it says tom holland has hit back at martin yes. scorsese i'm going to do that for every line tom holland has hit back at martin scorsese after the film director claimed marvel movies were not cinema S- uh, martin uh, 79. Wow. He is not 79. Scorsese. Uh, well, they called him Martin. Why didn't they call him Scorsese? So, uh, Martin, 79, who is considered one of the most influential, influential film directors in cinema history, expressed his views in a 2019 opinion piece in the New York Times, writing that the flick lacked, that the flicks lacked re- uh, revelation, mystery, or genuine emotional danger. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would actually agree with that. One of the, like I said earlier, one of the main issues I have with these movies uh, at least on the scale of like a, a cosmic battle, is there's very little stakes in way, or you never feel like the characters are actually in danger. Mm-hmm. When we were watching uh, Mild Spoiler, uh, Spider Man No Way Home, yeah. there's that scene where uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man gets like stabbed in the back. Yeah. And then just like it's played as if he's about to die, mm-hmm. and then just nothing happens. No, I love the scene when he gets stabbed and like. Andrew Garfield's like holding him and like they're saying bye to like um, Tom Holland because like he's trying to save everybody else and like Andrew Garfield's like you're in so much pain aren't you and he's like oh yeah yeah like <laughs> there, there's just no stakes to it right so yeah. uh, they can get stabbed he's dying they can get shot he's dying but hey at least it's funny yeah like that that part is annoying so I, I'm, I'm not I'm not uh, I don't disagree with him on that that they do lack emotional danger mm-hmm. and that they were made to meet a quote uh, we're continuing on with the article here. And that they are uh, made to meet a, quote, specific set of fans' demands. However, Tom, 25, who plays Spider-Man in the Marvel movie franchise, insisted that the silver screen creations are real art, adding that Martin would not know as he has never made a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, too. Call me a fence-sitter. I do believe there's art to it. I, I, yeah. I do believe that a lot of people put in a lot of work to make these movies look as beautiful as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, the art isn't necessarily in the storytelling, but visually they're artistic. Mm-hmm. You know, They are. If not a little bit paint-by-number and very Hollywood-esque, right? Yeah. So they have, they all kind of feel like they have that same tone, right? We were, when we were talking about Matrix Resurrections, we talked about how like the color palette just made it feel like it's all the same now. Yeah. All these movies kind of feel like they have the same feel and tone. Very rarely do they have, uh, like, like Zack Snyder movies have grit, but grit in a very Hollywood-esque way. Yeah. They don't feel like they have the character that movies of past generations did. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Or I agree with that. But for me, if like Tom Holland wants a reward for it, why don't you just let him have a nomination and like let the people choose? And then well, they don't. People don't choose Oscars. Oscars are chosen by committee. That's true. You know what I meant. Yeah. But um, also, why don't they just create their own? award ceremony you would think at this point they would have an award ceremony for like best superhero i mean 
I guess the other ones are genres too: dramas, mm-hmm. uh, comedy, foreign film. Why mm-hmm. not have one for superhero movies? That makes the most sense. I'm still angry that they don't have one for stuntmen. That's true because, like, that is so disrespectful. Like, very they, disrespectful. And also because, like, the only reason why I said they should make their own like award ceremony. Is oh, do you mean like category or ce- like a separate ceremony? Category and ceremony. Okay, I, I I would disagree on ceremony because then it's just them giving themselves awards. Well, like they can compete within their own industry, which I kind of want to see. So Marvel, DC, and Sony would have to set up the whole thing themselves. Yeah. And then, okay. Sounds uh, like a shit show. You'd have to have a third party uh, person arbitrarily choosing the the winners. Mm-hmm. I say just give them a category categories in the in in the Oscars mm-hmm. and. Let whoever wins, uh, you know, so that way they can have their award for best superhero movie of the year. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because, like, I know Country uh, country Roll, it's like an anime streaming service. They mm-hmm. have their own um, anime award ceremony. Okay. And they do that basically like how the Oscars and are. Do, does, is it mostly won by things that are on Crunchyroll? Um. Yeah, because it's kind of like under, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, if Marvel, DC, and uh, Sony all come together, then they have to find a way to actually pick winners mm-hmm. without them pe- them being like it was biased against us. Like, well, yeah, because like how they do it, it's like based on mainstream stuff. Yep. So it might be on Country Roll or like Funimation or other stream platforms for animes i can't think of award shows are always still just it's just them patting themselves on the back anyways so yeah i, I get annoyed by that stuff exactly i want a two thousand dollar worth goodie bag i know right hey where's our goodie bag uh, exactly miracle's the one that's like pining for that disney that disney job well disney basically can't they didn't canceled it they did announce they're gonna have a third season but i love the owl house I don't know what that is. It's really good. Like, it talks about, like, witchery. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, and it's, like... So, they their main character, she's Latina, and she's, like, the first, like, lesbian character. And, like, they did introduce their first non-binary character. Um, but I liked it other than, like, the wokeness because... Did they it, announce those things? No, they didn't announce it. It was just, like... Here's sh- it was just in the show. Yeah, it's just in That's the show. That's fine. It's yeah. when they announce it and expect pats on the back that I, I get annoyed. No, like the character who's non-binary, like you you think they know what gender they are, but then when one of the main characters is like, just tell them that you love them. Yep. And that's how they write it. Like, they don't rub it in your face. As long as it's not announced beforehand on in, like, the media where they're asking for, like, we're changing the world with our with our movies that are just designed to make money. As long as they're not doing the back pat promotion, I'm fine. Well, like, they didn't announce it until the episode aired. And, like, the creator was like, yeah, they're our first non, um, non-binary character. So what? That's fine. Oh, if she said so what, that's Well, badass. no, no. I'm just saying like that. Okay. But she didn't say so what. Okay. I just... It's when they expect the pats on the back and to be like treated like they're these great people for doing this stuff. That's what that wears on me. I say mm-hmm. just make the art, make the characters how you want to make the characters, reflect what you want to reflect, and let the art speak for itself. Do not promote it. It feels, uh, it feels, um, exploitative yeah kind of financially and uh, like you're you're exploiting uh trendy things in hollywood Mm -hmm. and and people's identities so that you can look better to the public i hate that yeah and also i have another beef with like 
Disney because like this is a really good show, mm-hmm. but like they're just canceling it because third the third season it's only gonna have like three episodes. Oh no! Yeah, and it's not gonna be full episodes. It's just gonna be like sidelines. And I'm like, ah, I just love this show. That's sad. Yeah, they did the same thing with Gravity Falls. They only got two seasons. Well, sometimes the great shows don't end up, you never get, it's like Firefly. Sometimes you don't get uh, more same seasons. Same thing with DuckTales. I go. love the new DuckTales so much. So in the article, it <laughs> says, I've made Marvel movies and I've made movies that have been in the conversation in the world of Oscars. And the only difference is one is much more expensive than the other. This is Tom Holland still yeah. speaking. Uh, but, uh, but... But the way I break down the character, the way the director etches out the arc of the story and the characters, it's all the same, just done on a different scale. So I do think they're real art. Mm -hmm. In his 2019 article, uh, Martin wrote, many of the elements that define cinema as I know know it are there in Marvel pictures. What is not there is revelation, mystery, or genuine emotional danger. So I think that, like, he's just, it's that one, it seems like it's those one aspects that he has a problem with. Yeah, wait, would he feel better if they nominate them for, like, best costume? Maybe I mean, may, I mean, maybe that's what he means. Uh, but uh, I, it would be like I wonder if he's seen uh, like something like Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier, which is legitimately like a spy a spy drama, and there's well, some stakes, but not really. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a good example, like. It, the Dark Knight, he loses, uh, he loses the love of his life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like there aren't movies, but then again, that's not really a. What about super, Batman? Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight trilogy isn't really superhero movies. They're they're crime thrillers. They're he just happens to be a comic book character, but they're more crime drama than they are superhero. I movies. feel like he's the audience that they're not looking for, and he yeah. doesn't really care for it. He's a little old. Mm-hmm. He's a little outside the target demographic. Yeah, and he's also coming from the perspective of an artist and a creator, mm-hmm. which is always going to be different than mm-hmm. that of a viewer. And these people in the beautiful world of capitalism, Mm -hmm. these studios are, you know, when they're doing these things right, are making things that people want to see. And Mm -hmm. right now, what people want to see are movies about uh, galactic war and sky beams, which whether you think that there's stakes or not, seem to be selling well when they're done right. Spider-Man No Way Home proves that. Maybe he's like, I don't want to have imagination. (laughs) That could be, maybe. maybe Or he views imagination differently. Well, just imagine SpongeBob go like imagination (laughs) with the rainbow. So uh, and and so they are looking to uh, change things in this realm here. It's uh, at least Marvel is. It says, can Spider-Man No Way Home swing into the best picture race after massive opening? It's time to have a serious conversation about the Spider-Man No Way Home, about Spider-Man No Way Home, and what it can achieve at the Oscars this year. Looking at the Oscars shortlist announced on Tuesday, the third chapter in the Tom Holland universe showed up in two categories. Categories, sound and visual effects despite its late release so it is getting uh they they do get a, a, like awards mm-hmm. but just not for like best picture they get them yeah. for te- the technical aspects of the mm-hmm. projects unlike most superhero picks critical and audience opinions are aligned at 94 and 99 percent on rotten tomatoes respectively wow mm-hmm. about the film uh, no way home uh, it, uh, they are uh, they're respectively in line about the movie no way home. critics give it a 94 Fans give it a 99%, which I believe mm-hmm. is the highest rated audience score ever in Rotten yeah. Tomatoes history. Um, uh, no Way Home also joined an elite club of only 91 movies to ever earn an A-plus cinema score and became the fourth live-action superhero movie to do so after The Avengers, Black Panther, and Avengers Endgame. None mm-hmm. of those movies are A-plus movies, in my opinion. N- none, n- none of these are A- A-plus movies should be the rarest of rare, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't really think any of these are A-plus movies, but that's personal opinion yeah 
Um, I've never been a pundit who believes in the following in the follow the money to predict the best picture nominees, but especially in these last two years amid the pandemic box office failures, whatever that means now are even less of a hindrance for award campaigns. Still, uh, as exhibited by our favorite web slinger, a monumental success can be, can, uh, can provide a significant boost, uh, sporting the second biggest box office opening in history with a $260 million haul, haul massive, even by pre pandemic standards, the Sony pictures hit allows no shows, no signs of slowing down. This film is expected to generate at least 90 million during the Christmas holidays up against the matrix resurrections, which also made the sound and visual category shortlist after nearly two years of headlines about cinemas closing and films bombing, seeing a palpable heartbeat for the movie theater industry, uh, could move, uh, with a, seeing a palpable heartbeat for the movie theater industry could move voters. So what they're saying is like just seeing that much excitement about a movie could move this movie. It could move it into like best picture territory. Yeah. But it's it it clashes with everything that they've in the past used as best picture nominations. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually they're going both clear, like on clearly uh, artistic and mechanical <sighs> standards. So they're not judging it based on how this movie does with the audiences. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would argue that they do this in spite of the audiences. That's why where the term Oscar bait comes from in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like those films are made and released at a certain time of year, not to make a ton of money, but because they can win awards. Yeah. Uh, House of Gucci, I think this year would be a good uh, example of that. But it flopped. It did. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's that's literally proves what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just because the audiences don't like it does not mean it's not Oscar contender. It's not an Oscar contender because it's being made for those categories. Biopics mm-hmm. always end up there, right? Yeah. Uh, movies about historical figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sully um, was one, I believe. Yeah. Get, got one best picture, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no secret that superhero movies are not the Academy's cup of tea. <laughs> Unfortunately, critical acclaim didn't get the films like Iron Man or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse any closer to the top of the category. Weird that they mentioned Into the Spider-Verse because it's an animated movie, and I don't think animated movies make it onto Best Picture, do they? They get their own category. They get their own Best like best Animated Film. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um. So when Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight was snubbed for Best Picture, the Academy leadership voted to expand its field of five to a field of ten nominees in hopes that more audience-friendly fare could crack the field. That sounds like a business decision to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that year, Heath Ledger did win for Best Supporting Actor yeah. uh, for The Dark Knight, but that a lot of people, you know, whatever you believe, whether he should have won that year or not, I do personally believe he should have, but that's yeah. just me. Um, it took a decade for Chadwick Boseman star-making vehicle, uh, for the Chadwick Boseman star-making vehicle to enter the Dolby Theater as a nominee in the top category. Uh, oh, they're talking about uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, Joker last year got one for costume design. Seems like that's a, cost, a common uh, theme here, right? Yeah. The, the comic book movies always get nominated for costume design. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, would he feel better if they just got nominated for that only? Well, clearly that's happening. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, Scorsese doesn't really care about that. He just doesn't think that, you know, they can look beautiful, but maybe it's not the best story. Because that yeah. seems to be what he always goes back to. He's like, this is lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this is not to argue that No Way Home is about to become our new Titanic and sweep the Academy Awards. So how many nominations can it feasibly get? There's been a strong correlation between visual effects and production design over the past decade. So you may see the movie as an alternative to Dune in that race. I would argue Dune will probably get nominated. Dune will, you know... Seems like more uh, high-end fare for them, right? Like mm-hmm. the, they'll see it as more uh, avant-garde and artistic. Uh, 
Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, what do you think? Do you think? Uh, are you, do you agree with Scorsese, or do you think it should get nominated for Best Picture? I think it should get nominated because if it's helping Hollywood get more money, they should get acknowledged at least. Okay. All right. Because I remember that Ryan Reynolds, like mm-hmm. he was nominated for like a lot of things, playing as Deadpool, but he lost to Ryan Gosling. What was he not? He wasn't nominated for Best Actor as Deadpool. Are you sure? I don't think so. Maybe. I, I, I don't Are think so. Are you sure? So. Because like they made the joke that year because like it was Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling won a lot for La La Land. No, La La Land was Oscar bait for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is what it is. I personally, I, I value consistency more than anything. So I say uh, if they have a formula or a, a way that they go about choosing these ways, uh, these awards, if they have a formula for choosing how they pat each other on the back, mm-hmm. as much as I hate patting each other on the back because I think it's stupid anyways, I say continue with the formula and don't change it. Uh, these these companies, Sony, uh, the money is the only incentive they need to keep making these movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, You're very the, old fashioned. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. Sony can wipe their tears of not getting an Oscar nomination with all of the hundred dollar bills that this movie is bringing into them. <laughs> it's just rich people it's, complaining about rich people. Yeah, it's rich people complaining about rich people <clears throat> not winning awards granted to them by rich people. <laughs> exactly. So it's so meta. It is. It is. It's in done better than the Matrix. I, I might add. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I say keep it the way it was. That's just mm-hmm. my personal view. So I, I, I think then uh, since we're but speaking about movies, yeah, well, we're winding down 2021 if we're talking Oscars and I want to talk <laughs> about what we got coming up in 2022, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be, in my opinion, a good year for movies all around. Do you have your list? Yes, I uh, do. Of movies. So I found this list of the upcoming movies for uh, 2022 and I wanted to talk about what we believe are our favorite, uh, the ones we're most looking forward to, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have to go into great detail about them, but it would just be interesting. So uh, there's like uh, If you look at just the sheer amount Of movies coming out this year Mm -hmm. um, I don't count the Harry Potter 20th anniversary as a movie I didn't either Um, So I thought it would be interesting Uh, Did you you have any type of like uh, Criteria for what You just picked what you thought would be the best I thought what I would like more Okay so why don't you give me Let's first let's go with the one we both have on our list And that's the Northman Mm -hmm. Yes we are both very excited for the Northman I want to see um, Viking Remakes of the Lion King I want to see Viking Revenge Uh, I'm very excited about that movie Mm -hmm. Uh, Of the Lion King Well it's you know it's the the son coming back To avenge his father Hamlet Yes but I'm seeing The Lion King. Okay. I was really confused. I'm like, not a snob. You're a snob. <laughs> I was really confused. I was like, what do you mean by The Lion King? They're yeah. making another yes, Lion King I movie? They re- they referenced it as Hamlet in the thing too. I understand the reference. I'm just saying The Lion King. You s- <laughs> you spoiled brat. It's Hamlet. It, okay. Well, you well, uncultured well, swine. You, you elitist snob. It's, <laughs> it's The Lion King. So take that. Uh, but um, okay. So uh, that movie is just dark. And it's very moody. It's got this um, indie feel to it, but with uh, a lot of like <coughs> money. Not money, but mm-hmm. it looks, there's a lot of production quality in that trailer that we were able to see. And yeah. just the general tone of like, we don't get a lot of movies based on Viking lore, you know, the show Vikings, but in general, that's not really a tapped market right now. So Come I'm on, just. Have you seen How to Train Your Dragon? And they're getting a new TV show. Uh, Maybe I need to see that then. Yeah, like the movies, I loved them. Like I watched all the movies and TV shows, of and like you did. they had a new. 
they came out with a new TV show that's called um, How to Bond with Your Dragon. It's set in the future. So, like, basically all the kids, they're, like, they're different. Like, they're more Americanized. We'll talk about that tomorrow, too. With the, that, is, that coming, is that a show that's coming out this year? Yeah, but it's coming out on Peacock TV. Okay. And well, I'm like, I don't have that subscription. You'll have to get Peacock. Yeah. Write it off. It's a business expense. <laughs> um, so, we both have the Northern. All right, what was the next movie on your list? Um, Morbius. Okay. What is uh, you're, What are you looking forward to most about Morbius? I just like how dark and gritty it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I really like that concept, and I did more research on it. So he is one of Spider-Man's like yeah. notorious villains. So yeah. I kind of want to see like Sony do something with that. I think they're they're working into Craven the Hunter with that too. Mm -hmm. uh, so that should be interesting. Uh, Jared Leto to me is a fantastic actor. I know yes. a lot of people are very uh, hot and cold on him. Uh, I come on. I love charisma, man. Mm -hmm. That like I bring that up in like every review. Like when mm -hmm. we talk about, it, it's not about like what was said. It's about how something makes you feel, mm -hmm. right? When you're when you're watching movies, the artistic yeah. aspect of it. So uh, an actor with a lot of charisma and a lot of stage presence can cover up a multitude of sins mm -hmm. for a movie. And I feel like whereas this movie is probably going to be not tonally, but cement. Totally consistent with uh, Venom. Yeah. Like, it's going to feel like it's in the same world as the Venom universe, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think that Jared Leto is very much on the level of uh, Tom Hardy as far as charisma. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where that I goes. I think they're still upset about the Joker. What do you mean? Like, when he was... Oh, like his portrayal of the Joker. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, he came... Did, you never saw the Snyder Cut of... Uh, no, because... Of the Justice League. He has an expanded mm. scene at the end in the epilogue that's really, really good. I think I watched a little bit of that clip. I enjoyed that. Uh, mm. I enjoyed that a lot. Hey, does it, is, it, is he the best Joker? God, no. Of course not. No. But I love him as an actor, so I'm mm. okay. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Uh, and that's coming out in... Do you know when? I didn't look it up. Uh, um, in the spring, it, I believe. Or in the... In the fall. No, here it is. Uh, yep. Oh, January. Oh, so already. It's like January 28th. Oh, my God. Like a month from now. Um, so that's going to be that's gonna be really good. That'll be probably be the first one on our list that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, also, I don't consider Betty White's um, 100-year young birthday uh, as a movie. a movie. Okay. It's coming out January 17th. <laughs> I'm, like, looking at the list. I don't consider that. Um, I'm also excited for Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Because I really love Mads. That's so funny that because that's why I'm not excited about it, and I love Mads Mikkelsen as well. Mm -hmm. But replacing Johnny Depp was a mistake, and J.K. Rowling has mm -hmm. uh, she's as much as I uh, love her work and I, I appreciate <sighs> her standing up for Depp in uh, the second one, uh, especially given how much like the him and the the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff is ridiculous. It's like you would literally take nine podcasts to go through it all, but to uh, suffice it to say mm -hmm. that I, I I really am angry that she uh, It's unjust. I don't know how much she of a, I'm assuming she had a lot of say in that, right? Mm -hmm. Because she is she is like the last writer to really hold on control of just about everything she makes, right? Like mm -hmm. contracts have since been rewritten uh, where these uh, publishers and studios get far more control of your characters. Mm -hmm. uh, she's like the last bastion of like real creative control for uh, a writer in Hollywood. So I refuse to believe that he, was, he wasn't kicked off that movie without her say. Mm -hmm. And I'm bummed at her for letting that happen. Um, but in general, like to me, Harry Potter ended with the seventh movie. I've never yeah. been a huge fan of the, those, but, but these are prequels. I understand. No, I, I, well, these aren't even based off. Of, they're not even prequels. Technically. They're just 
backstories fanfic in a yeah. way it's, mm-hmm. it's written fan fiction so uh i do enjoy that they find a way to keep the tone somewhat consistent in the sound design in the music mm-hmm. that part i like it feels like the harry potter universe but to me the books are paramount so the movies never really did it for me you read the books a lot i skimmed through them okay next for you um and then finally uncharted with Tom okay. Holland. All right. And that one, uh, that's a game, right? I, I never it's played based the, on the game. Pl- I never yes. played the game. Uh, is it, uh, what's the game about? I'm curious. Um, let me see. I mean, it. gen- it's, it's, it's an exploration game, right? I'm yes. assuming it's an exploration game. So a game like that seems like it would be, it would allow itself to be open-ended, right? So the movie's probably going to be very little in the way of, uh, it's not going to be very much like the game, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. You're basically using the names of the characters and the rest is like kind of just general Hollywood storytelling. Well, it's about treasure hunting. So okay. I just searched up the summary. So Nathan Drake, which Tom Holland's going to play as, and I'm losing my voice, <clears throat> um, is a treasure hunter. Okay. And he's looking for his brother. Okay. That's what the movie is about. I'm only excited about it because other than Sonic, I kind of want to see another video game adaptation. I'm surprised you didn't put Sonic above Uncharted. Well, because I didn't even... I'm gonna watch the first one, but I just don't like Jim Carrey. Okay, well, I just don't the, like Jim Carrey. You should, uh, if you want to see fans mm-hmm. get what they want, supporting Sonic is exactly what people should be doing right now. Given what they, uh, the fact that they didn't just make the changes they needed mm-hmm. to in the first one, they've leaned into those changes and are absolutely about fans. So mm-hmm. uh, I say supporting that is a very, very good thing you can do. Right well, now. yeah. I still support it, but like I want to see another video game adaptation. So this one is more live action. Mm-hmm. I know like Jim Carrey, he's live action, but I want to see like all characters live action. There That's where I want to see it. And there is rumors that they're going to make a Mario movie, which I'm not really excited for. I know, right? <laughs> because I'm kind of scared because Super Mario Bros. So, um, well, it's been a long time since then. Uncharted comes out on February 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other one? Uh, I, I got the, we talked about, um, fantastic, fantastic beast. What was the other one? Morbius. Morbius in, is in January and fantastic beasts, I believe is in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just double check on here. Fantastic beasts is, yeah, I thought I just saw it there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong by that one. I th- yeah, no, here it is. A- mm-hmm. April 15th. So April, j- so January, February, and April for those. Mm-hmm. Really, so that's like one a month, right? That's, yeah. That's uh, uh, one each of those months. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then I believe April is also the same month as um, the one uh, as the Northman. Yeah, April 22nd. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really good as well. Yep. And then uh, for me, what I did is I picked, uh, I went out of my way to not pick any superhero movies okay. on purpose. Uh, we're all excited for Morbius. We are all excited for the Batman, or at least I am uh, literally dying of excitement for the Batman. He is. Um, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm vaguely excited for, uh, it's not the fl- if the Flash comes out there, uh, I'm sorry, Aquaman. Yeah. Um, in general. Uh, the Marvel movies don't super excite me, but I will see them. There's always the chance that they could be good. You never know. But the I put now the uh, ambulance, which is a Michael Bay movie. Uh, I don't I'm not care. Excited. I don't care what anyone says. Michael Bay is. Uh, 
I understand that uh, in in the realm of story, he is not exactly an auteur. Mm -hmm. I understand that uh, a lot of his movies can be cringe to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, art is subjective. You like what you like. I love the slow motion. I love the 360 camera shots. I love the gratuitous explosions. I do not care. I love the, you know, the heavily saturated uh, color, you know, color scheme and uh, color grading. I love everything about, maybe it's, a, maybe it's just like, because it's like part of what I grew up on. on. I, like, I didn't like his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, but I love the first two Transformers movies. I don't, or the first three Transformers movies. I don't care that they're objectively bad movies. They were, for me, a good time at the cinema. And we live in an age now where you're not allowed to have differing opinions. Like if you mm -hmm. like something like that, you're like somehow bad. I understand that they are not objectively good movies. That mm -hmm. does not mean uh, the first Tomb Raider is objectively not a good movie, but I Come freaking on, I love, love it. that movie, but that movie's freaking awesome. So I do not care. Uh, ambulance is Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know the other actor's name, but it's, uh, Ryan Gosling is, he plays as Morbius in the matrix movie, the new one, the other actor. Morpheus? Yep, my bad. Uh, oh, um, Mateen. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, cool. I didn't even recognize him. I did. did I you? was like, oh. He had a beard, he had a beard in, the, in, the, in the ambulance trailer. So. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. I don't think we're talking about the same movie. <laughs> I think Miracle's... Uh, I'm making movies up as I go. <laughs> I think Mir Miracle's just making this up. Uh, I'm going to look it up. We're, we're fact-checking Miracle on air. On air, we're fact. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Abdul. I Mateen. told you. Oh, he's got a beard. Oh, he's got facial hair. He doesn't have a beard. He's got facial hair. A little bit of facial hair. Okay, that's still not a beard. Chris Fedak wrote it. Okay, <laughs> you know who Chris Fedak wrote right or created right? What? Chuck. <gasps> no way. So it might be good. It might be good. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, he's also involved in Prodigal Son, which a lot of people like. Mm -hmm. So he, Chris Fedak, wrote the wrote the script, uh, wrote the screenplay. I mean, now if we saw Nolan em or Roland Emmerich, maybe then I'd be worried. But in general, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the the second, uh, Isaac Gonzalez, uh, Garrett Dillahunt, love mm -hmm. Garrett Dillahunt. He was uh, he was a, a he's one of those like journeyman actors that you've seen in just about everything. He has at least one. If you love a bunch of different shows. Mm -hmm. He's got at least one guest starring episode in like every show you've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's got a very uh, he's got a very like memorable voice and face. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, I'm just like really looking to to see these things that have nothing to do with uh, superhero movies. Plus, uh, the this is takes place in L.A. and the the bank scene that's shown in that trailer mm -hmm. uh, is, I believe, if I'm not very much mistaken, the same bank from the the shootout in the movie Heat, which as people on here know is my favorite movie of all time <laughs> chris carr said it's not chris carr is wrong <laughs> we'll we'll have him on here on tuesday to argue but uh yes uh mission impossible 7 comes yeah, out this year i didn't even out. know that uh, i knew that that was slated for possibility of release this year <laughs> i know nothing about it i just know that i love tom cruise and i love the mission impossible movies uh so i am ready to see that and then the last but not least, uh, I, I feel like there's not even much more you need to say about the, the Mission Impossible. We will go see that. We will absolutely go see <laughs> that. Um, he gets better as he gets older, even if he's weird. But uh, he looks like Norman McDonald now. Norm McDonald? Yes, Norm McDonald. Norman McDonald is... It's so, not a real Norman person. McDonald sounds like a guy who works at a farm like three, <laughs> three miles outside of town. Um, get it? Old McDonald had a farm. Yeah, but there's... Oh my God, speaking about that, there's 
I was watching a video about yearbook quotes, and this guy, his name is Joe McDonald, and his senior quote was like, "No, I do not have a farm." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's Joe. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> he, well, it's not Joe. It's Old McDonald. I know, but people ask him because his last name. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, Operation Fortune, the Guy Ritchie, Jason Statham movie we talked about. Oh. Uh, the, we talked about that that one day. It's like a spy uh, mm. spy thriller. And then I would like to give um, honorable mention to the unbearable weight of massive talent, the Nicolas Cage meta movie, which will clearly do meta humor better than The Matrix, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the movies that I'm looking forward to, have nothing to do with superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention everything, every um, everywhere. All at once. All at right? once. No. That's coming out too. We sh- we sh- we'll talk about that on here when we've got more information on it, more mm-hmm. than just the trailer. Like if we could talk about the, tr- if we could show the trailer, the people listening would be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus we wouldn't be able to anyways. So the, the Northman, the unbearable weight of massive talent both come out in the same weekend. So we got a busy weekend that weekend. Um, <laughs> we have to see the Northman first. We will see the Northman because first. it'll insinuate my, uh, tribalism and primal needs. Yes. That is very true. <laughs> I have to find a husband who will take care of me and, and, and kill all who come to come to do me harm. I would also like to point out that Death on the Nile comes out this year, which is yeah. the Hercule Poirot mm-hmm. uh, continuation by Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh is freaking fantastic. Uh, it's got Army Hammer in it, so it's automatically mm-hmm. uh, controversial and hot, uh, hot and spicy right now, given mm-hmm. all, all that is being said about him. Uh, it's also got Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot is also very charismatic, but mm-hmm. I love uh, I love Kenneth Branagh as an actor and yeah. as a director. Um, those are those. Uh, I was looking for the release dates. I should have written down the release dates for the movies that I was for shame. Uh, oh, and Scream, uh, Scream Five. I know you don't care about that, uh, but I I do look forward to seeing how they ruin one of my favorite franchises of all time. Well, if you want to like watch scary movies, Halloween Ends comes out at the oct- end of the year. Yeah, yep. October 14. And then um, where is that one movie? I saw like a poster for it. It's called Black Phone. Oh, and Top Gun. Maverick comes out. Holy crap, there's so many movies that come out this mm-hmm. year. More Tom Cruise, more awesomeness. Like mm-hmm. I literally couldn't pick and Avatar, Jurassic Park. Avatar 2. Avatar 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic Park uh, Jurassic World Dominion. There's so many movies coming out this year. We couldn't pick just uh, so. There's like basically we're gonna have a very busy year. Yeah. This year it's gonna Wait, be awesome. Orphans coming out with another movie. You remember the movie? I never Orphan? saw it. Okay, it's so dumb because like it's just a lady who has the what's the condition where you look unusually young for your age? I don't know. Me it's syndrome. A, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no. No. Basically, um, she has that condition and she poses as a little girl and she gets adopted by this family hmm. she kills off the son she tries a um she tries to have a romantic relationship with the father because like her mother that gave her this up, sounds awful <laughs> yeah yeah it's really bad because she tries to kill the whole family because the father said no to her because like she wanted to have a relationship with him not as a daughter but more like adult that's disgusting yeah but that's they're fantastic. coming out with a movie it's a prequel it's called orphan first kill can't w- anytime it gets an uh, a subtitle <clears throat> like first kill you know it's gonna be bad yeah <laughs> so ambulance comes out on april 8th um fantastic beats april 15th the northman and unbearable weight april 22nd 
And then we go down here. We just the, like listen to some of the. I'm, we're not going to talk about them, but listen to some of these movies that we haven't mentioned: mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, yes. Top Gun Maverick, yes. the Bob's Burgers movie, Jurassic uh, World Dominion, mm-hmm. Lightyear, mm-hmm. the Black Phone. Uh, That's the movie I was about to talk about. Minions: The, the Rise of Gru, mm-hmm. uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, Black Adam comes out this year. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah, I don't know what Beast is. And then uh, let's keep going. Uh, Puss in Boots, yeah, Mission Impossible 7, Hocus Pocus 2, no one wants to see that. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, wow, Halloween Ends. Pinocchio, The Flash, I know, I'm I'm Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, I almost said Wanda Forever. Wanda Forever? (laughs) Wanda, uh, Creed 3, I didn't even know that was being made. Mm -hmm. Avatar 2, Aquaman 2, Super Mario Brothers, uh, that's an insane amount of movies. I skipped a bunch. There's a lot of good stuff coming out this year, so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun uh, talking about movies this year. But those were just the ones that I myself am personally looking forward to more than anyone else. What's Cocaine Bear about? Wait, why does it say Free Guy is coming out on? Oh, unless that means on video. No, on streaming. Okay. All right. Well, there's a lot of stuff coming out. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, out of all. Okay, if you had to, if if they eliminated all of them and you had to pick one, what would you uh, what would you keep? Morpheus. Mor- I can't. When it's Morpheus, you call it Morbius. When it's Morbius, <laughs> you call it Morpheus. I can't. I can't. But uh, Morbius, I want to watch that real bad. Morbius. Yeah, I really want to watch that because. Dude, he accidentally turned himself into a vampire. How do you do that accidentally? I don't know. We will see. Uh, for me, if we're talking superhero movies, it's the Batman. I didn't put that on my list. But then mm-hmm. if not, uh, probably the Northman. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Uh, it's going to be a good year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good year. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, that it was. was a, that was a fun episode today. That, <laughs> that went by fast, too. That was like a really smooth conversation. Like, I like it when it works well. Mm-hmm. Like, some days, like when we're doing this, uh, we have things we want to talk about, but you're trying to find the framework and how to get through everything. Today was like, I felt like we had a good vibe, like with all the different topics. Well, because we got two days off and nobody was rushing us. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that was, maybe just we're well rested right now. Sure. Sure, maybe. Well, both you and me, we didn't go to sleep until like two in the morning. I, I never, I, I suck at sleeping. Uh, Same. Yes. So, uh, you know what, Miracle? Why don't you share with everyone your social media so they can all follow you on your various <laughs> forms of, uh, of social media? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. <laughs> We're going to do that forever. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, this has been episode 19 of Pop Culture Crisis. Ooh, we're almost uh, at 20. We are, what do you uh, want to do for the 20th episode? Uh, just do the episode. We'll just do the episode and get it over with and celebrate. Uh, I'll we'll get do this. Aww. Um, guys, if you want to if you want to catch full episodes of the podcast, you can find it on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Pandora. You can find it on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and Amazon Music. Uh, if you want to check out the clips from each segment, they're on youtube.com slash popculturecrisis. And each, in each segment, like in each video, in the description, you will get a link to the full episode that is on Spotify. So you mm-hmm. can go right there. You can watch the full episode. Watch it while you're at work. Mm-hmm. Watch it while you're doing stuff with your friends. Uh, whatever <laughs> that may be. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Pop Culture Crisis on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore show. Mm-hmm. We are also on Facebook. We are yep. also on TikTok. Oh, you didn't call it Boomer Book. It's Boomer Book. We are on Boomer <laughs> Book and on TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. Uh, that is it for today, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.